Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Y'all ready for this? All right, we're going to get started with our first lady preacher. She doesn't need an introduction here. It's Pastor Jonna. Uh, all the way from Irving, the One Cause Church in Irving. Wanted, wanted to start it out right. With, no, I'm just kidding. Um, today, today I was reading about the importance of our fingernails, and it was a very odd title of something, so I had to read it. Um, and, you know, fingernails are pretty important. Some of us pick our teeth with them and, you know, sc- try to scratch off labels with them. <laughs> but one of the more scientific things is that they protect your fingers or your toes. And I learned this the hard way when I was like five years old. If you, if you guys remember the old exercise bikes from the oh, early 90s, and it's like a real bike, you know, because it, it had the pedals, you know, and, and the exposed wheel here. And I was five, and I was trying to do something my little legs really couldn't do. So what I did was I slipped, and my foot got caught in the gear and ripped off the toenail on my big toe. Thank you. I feel your sympathy. And uh, hopefully you can feel the pain that I felt. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I mean, the initial pain was gruesome, but after that was really where it was hard because, you know, it was the little things that became a very big deal, like, you know, getting in the shower, putting on a shoe, walking, trying to run, finding my bedpost with my foot at night, you know, (laughs) and until that toenail grew back, it was just, it was horrible, just these little things that didn't matter before all of a sudden became this big deal, right? And, you know, in Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, and this is the paraphrase version. This is John's paraphrase. Uh, and he says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. And, you know, we kind of take our peace for granted sometimes, Right? When, when, when life is good and, and we're just cruising along, right? We, we got that peace and yes. But all of a sudden we have this collision with reality. Right? Where all of a sudden it's ripped off of our life. And, you know, that initial is, is hard to deal with, right? And that, but there's, it's like these little tremors afterwards of where we encounter small things that become a big deal. You know, and this can happen at our work, at our family, or with our family. You know, the, the jerk that cuts you off and almost hits you and, and whatever. And, and those little things, those little bumps and bruises that shouldn't bother us, all of a sudden explode. And let me tell you today, it's probably because you haven't actually gotten your peace back. And that initial hurt and the initial pain might have subsided. But folks, we got to get our peace back. We have to, that thing, because here's the thing, it guards our hearts and our minds. It guards and protects us from the little things that they, 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 they stay small when you have your heart and your mind guarded, 
right? And how do we do that? He just says it very simple, simply, right? Don't worry about anything. Pray and give thanks. This is very simple to do, but it's not easy. And, and, and we need to know that. There's a difference between simple and easy, right? This is not sometimes easy to do. When you're in the moment and the frustration is growing, or that person who's done this for the 15th time can't get it through their head that you hate when they do this, or, you know, or, or, or whatever it may be, to just stop. Pray in your understanding. Pray in the Spirit. Give thanks in the understanding. Give thanks in the Spirit. Find your peace. And those little things won't be or they'll stay little things. Amen? God bless you guys. That was good, Jonna. All right, our next lady is new to One Cause Church. She was a student of Pastor Eric's in homiletics this year, and her last name is Shook, so be prepared to be Shook. Welcome to the stage, Julia Shook. Thank you. Do you guys want to hear a joke about a piece of paper? Never mind. It's terrible. <laughs> and so... <laughs> well, I'll try again. A ham sandwich walked into a bar and ordered a drink. The bartender looks at him and says, we don't serve food here. <laughs> I think the piece of paper one was funnier. Um, I just want to thank Pastor Eric for allowing me to, the risk of allowing me to preach up here. And um, I just want to say how much I appreciate One Cause Church. Just the short time I've been here, I just see the community and the love that you have, not just for each other, but for the new people. So, um, the, where we're going to be reading out of tonight is Luke 4, 18 through 19. And the title of my message tonight is Liberation. Again, that's Luke 4, 18 through 19. And I'll say it one more time for my homiletics teacher, Luke 4, 18 through 19. It reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Tonight, I see two banners that we are called to. The first one reads, there is something to proclaim. And the second reads, there is someone to set free. The first, there is something to proclaim. A proclamation is an announcement given with authority and gravity that must be listened to and obeyed. Growing up, my parents turned a one-floor farmhouse into a four-story dream home. They even had their own uh, master bedroom that had a laundry chute built in, dropping directly below into the laundry room. Who would have thought? And so this was super convenient for my parents, but it was even more convenient for my sister and I. You see, our baby sister would take a nap in my parents' room with an army of stuffed animals in her, her arms. And my other sister, Jillian, and I made a game of who could collect the most stuffed animals without waking her up. But we could only get into and out of my parents' room via the laundry chute. 
personally, this was my favorite game growing up, but then something strange happened. The longer we played the game, the bigger I grew. So one day, as I'm ascending into my parents' room, I stop. I didn't need to take a break. My hips had magically grown too big. So nothing was going up and nothing was going down. And my little sister below could see my feet squirming around. And I hear a nervous, I'm going to go get mom. No, we don't need to bring mom into this situation. This is not the time to give up. It's the time to stand up and declare what you believe in. I whip around, glare down. I am channeling my God-given right as an older sister. And I'm like, I make a command. You are not going to get mom, and I'm going to get down. I squirm around. Nothing's happening. And so I hear a quieter, I'm going to go get mom. I do not command. I make a proclamation. You are not going to get mom, and I'm going to get down. Finally. All my squirming pays off, and I drop ungracefully onto the bedroom, laundry room floor with no mom in sight. There is something to call up and to call out. There is liberty to proclaim to every shackled and lonely part of your soul. To every dark place, there is light to shine forth. To every burned-out hope, there is fire to blaze to life. There is freedom to call out to sleeping dreams, to wake up from their lassitude. In Luke 12, 49, Jesus said, I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it was already burning. The message of Jesus Christ in you has crushed nations, overthrown kings, and flipped the world upside down. It's the only life, hope, and love that a world is dying to get. You have a divine announcement to herald. The second banner. It reads, there is someone to set free. In the play Les Miserables in the early 1800s, there was a man by the name of Jean Valjean, who was also known by another name, prison number 24601. He spent 18 years in prison, five for stealing a loaf of bread for his sister's starving son, and the rest because he tried to run away from the law. Shortly after he's released from prison and placed on parole, he's caught stealing a church's gold sacraments. Instead of pressing charges, the residing priest decides to gift them to Valjean instead. Where all others have rejected Valjean as an ex-convict, the priest's compassion transforms him with hope and gives him an opportunity for a new life. Valjean grasps this opportunity with both hands, but does so under a new identity, thus breaking his parole. Years later, he has built an empire under this new identity. He's the mayor of a city, and he owns factories that employ hundreds of workers. But he runs into a long-ago acquaintance, the police officer who years back was in charge of his parole. Now, the police officer looks at Valjean and could almost swear it was 24601, but that's impossible. They just picked up the man 24601 a few days ago. The policeman goes on to confide in the mayor that the man 24601 is being sentenced today for his breaking his parole all that time back. Valjean knows that they have the wrong man and asks himself if it is better to be condemned as a prisoner or to be damned for the lie. 
This man could be his chance and no one would ever know. After all the work he's done, all the people that rely on him, why should he right this wrong and save this man's hide? But he remembers what God did for him. Hope given when it was all gone and strength to journey on. Making his decision, Valjean breaks into the courtroom where the man is being falsely accused and looking at the police officer, shouts, I am Jean Valjean. Do you see? That man bears no more guilt than you. I am 24601. At the weight of Valjean's announcement, the falsely accused man is being set free and the police officer sees the product of mercy instead of the law. And Valjean, for the rest of his days, continues to loose those who are bound and subjugated. You have been anointed by the Spirit of the Lord to be a chain breaker, to set at liberty those who have been in captivity from fear, bondage, slavery, disease. Trusting in God and believing in what he says, you step out of your chains and into hope, health, freedom, and salvation. This is the acceptable year of the Lord, and freedom is yours. As a child of God, you are already accepted and limitless. Your anointing is to set the rest of humanity free with you. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? You have an opportunity to respond to your anointing of liberation. I said, Here I am, Lord send me. The first banner reads, there is something to proclaim. In Jesus, you must call yourself to freedom and then cry out to your neighbors. And the second banner reads, there is someone to set free. You have an opportunity to respond to your anointing of liberation. Thank you. Man, imagine if she can preach like that just starting out, what's to come. That was really good, Julia. Thank you. All right, next on the list is no stranger to any of you, Um, but it makes me very proud to introduce the next preacher, which is Maddie Holler. Why are y'all making me follow that girl? Okay, pressure's on, guys. All right, so I'm a holler back preacher. I can't make that pun for much longer, so I need you to laugh. It won't, it won't stop the jokes, I promise. All right, so the title of my message today is Take Advantage of God, and I'm going to be speaking from Mark 11:24. If you didn't hear me, that's Mark 11:24. Mark eleven twenty four, <laughs> And the New King James Version, the um, Holy Eric Holler Version, states, <laughs> Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So I was thinking about this scripture, and I'm like, God's not, it's not on God for us to receive things. There are both sides of this relationship. There's work on both sides of this relationship. We must believe in order to receive. He's not just going to throw it at us when we're just sitting on our couch like, uh, uh. you know, we have to put our faith behind our request and then we will receive. 
So, <clears throat> oh, um, about, uh, I want to say like six months ago, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I was having a lot of car troubles, and my tires, like two of my tires needed work done, and I what, didn't have a lot of money for gas, because at the time, I was kind of in between jobs and running out of money, and I was like, oh, God, what's wrong? I can't figure out how to drive, because like, I'm going back and forth from Louisville to Grapevine to McKinney, like all these different places, and I just needed to get my car in shape. So I said, you know what? I serve a faithful God, so I'm just going to, I'm going to just keep driving my car, and just say, all right, God, I put this in your hands. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you. So we went to my mom's parents' lake house and my grandpa, we call him Papa Do. So if you're about to be a grandpa and you like that name, it's a $500 fine. Don't take it. Um, <laughs> it's like, how I put it on here is P-O-P or P-A-P-A-D-E-A-U-X. That took me a really long time to spell growing up. <laughs> anyway, he comes up to me and, and he just hands me a $100 bill. And he was like, I feel like you, I was like, I just wanted to give this to you. I have never received a dollar from, John Holler? John Holler, on the other hand, will like hand me his wallet. Go baby, go, go, go get you what you want. Martin Dave Cook has never given me a dollar. <laughs> so it was an unfamiliar source, but he hands me a hundred dollars. And I was like, hallelujah, gonna get my car fixed. But God used somebody that, was unfamiliar to me, to bless me, which was incredible. Like, God can work in mysterious ways. Do you guys believe you're going to heaven? Raise your hand. How many of you believe you're going to heaven? How do you know that? Because you put your faith behind that promise, right? If your faith can reserve you a spot into eternal life, what more can it do on this earth? What more can your faith get you on this earth while you're here? Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> when you have faith in God, you're allowing heavenly wisdom to overtake earth logic. Logic can dispro uh, cannot disprove faith. I'm sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> so take advantage of, of that promise that he's given us. Take advantage of, oh, I, I can't believe for that car. I can't believe for that house. I can't believe for that t-shirt that I saw in the van's window that I thought was really awesome that I don't really want to spend money on. Anything that you believe for, God, you will receive it. The king of kings, the holder of the universe, walks where you walk. Whatever you do, he is there with you. So don't believe this lie that he's too busy. He's too busy to hear my prayer. It's not that big of a prayer. He doesn't care about me. No, he is with you wherever you go. So he is ready and available to bless you and to, um, and to listen to your requests and to give those things to you. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, our fourth and final preacher this evening is somebody I don't know that, have we ever heard you preach here? I don't think we have. You've preached at Thrive. I've heard you at CFNI, but it's the first time here on this stage. 
Y'all welcome Heather Sauce. Hi, everybody. Messing this up. And just to say, I did not cheat off of John and Gray, but we have the same scripture. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Same lines. God. There we go. <laughs> okay. So open your Bibles up to Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I was a homiletic student, just to let you know. Um, so tonight I have, what? A 100. I will say I do like to throw that, throw that into my husband's face sometimes. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so tonight I have two tips for you. The first one is chill out. Let God do his stuff. And the second one is live by peace. Don't let it pass you up. And again, that's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the first one, chill out. Let God do his stuff. Um, some of y'all may, probably none of y'all know this except for my husband, but in high school, I was a pole vaulter. I know, I look big and buff and everything, um, but I was a pole vaulter, and I was not very good at it. I was actually very terrible, but it was really fun, and I loved it, and it's something that I, I kind of like to be able to say, like, I did this. It was cool, um, and so with pole vaulting, you have a pole of course, and it's with your height and your weight. That's kind of how you decide what size pole you need and how much weight has to be behind it. So I had a 12-foot tall pole, and it was with my weight, and the way that pole vaulters get over the bar is the pole, you run, and you plant it, and then it bends and then flings you over. And I never got that part. I never got the bend and fling you over part. I tried so hard. One, I'm not a fast runner. Two, I'm not very strong. And three, I do not have a very good core. The three main things that you need to be full vaulter. <laughs> but I tried my hardest. And so, I mean, every day I would run, I would plant the stick, and it would go up, and I'd fall back down. I mean, I would, it wouldn't even bend like an inch. And I tried so hard. And finally, my coach was like, Heather, just chill. Like, just relax. And I was like, okay, I'm going to relax. And she was like, don't even think about going over the bar. And let me tell you, this was like a four-foot bar. It was not that tall. <laughs> it wasn't like the Olympics where it's like, 12 feet in the air. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they made it. No, it was like four or five feet. It was not much. Um, so finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to relax. And so I like got ready. I was holding my pole. And then and I think I closed my eyes because I was like, just relax. Just relax. And it literally, I only like this probably only happened a few times and it bent so much it literally flung me all the way over 
and I landed on the other side of the mat, and I was like, uh, what just happened? And my coach was like, you did it! And I was like, yeah! And it was just for practice, and nobody didn't really even matter. But I did it, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> Sometimes in life, you just need to let go of your struggles, and you need to hand them over to God and just let him deal with stuff. Give them your debt. That's something I have a hard time with, is with money. But give them that. Give them the bills that are coming up. Give them the, the things that you don't see happening at all in, you know, this world. But give that to God and just let him do his magic. Let, I see it as like a picture of you sitting down, chilling out with a cup of coffee, and God just gets to do whatever he wants. And he gets to surprise you, and he gets to amaze you, and he gets to be God. And I love that. I love that he just wants us to sit and chill and tell us to get out of the way. I feel like sometimes we are just in the way so much. And he's like, get out of the way. I got this. And then at the end, you just get to be amazed by what God did. You get to look at what he did and be like, wow, that wasn't even how I expected it to be, but you did it. And it's amazing. So my second tip is live by peace. Don't let it pass you up. So I love the royal family. I love the royal family. I love them so much. This last Saturday, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I watched the royal wedding, <laughs> the whole thing. And I cried and it was amazing. And she walked in her dress. <laughs> I probably follow like six sites on Instagram of the royal family. Like I love, I love them. But any more than anybody, I love Queen Elizabeth II. I just think she is so amazing. Um, I think she's so cute. She wore this green dress with like this green hat to the wedding and it was amazing. Anyways, so <laughs> Queen Elizabeth was actually never supposed to be queen. She should have never been queen in her life. Her uncle, Edward, became king in 1936, and he was the rightful heir to the throne. He was the oldest of his family. He was the oldest male, and he was the king for 11 months until he wanted to marry somebody who had been divorced twice. And within the England church, you could not marry somebody that had been divorced back then. It was just not okay. It was not allowed. And especially in the church, as being the head of the church, you were not supposed to do that. And so he had a choice to either abdicate the throne or um, say no to marrying this person. And he decided to abdicate the throne. So after 11 months of being king, his brother, George, Queen Elizabeth's father, became king instead. And this was a chance for him to either be so angry and so mad or step up in an incredible way. Because we think of being king as amazing and all of that, but it completely changed the rest of his family's life. It completely changed his life. 
he had this laid back, chill, everyday type of life, wasn't in the spotlight, but now he's the king of England, one of the greatest countries in the whole entire world. That completely changes everything, and it changed his daughter's life too. So he had a choice to either be mad, and he could have said no. He could have said no and been like, nope, I don't want to do that. Sorry, find somebody else. But he took up his rightful place. He led his country greatly, and then he actually passed away in 1952, and his daughter became queen. She became the longest reigning monarch still today that has ever lived. I think that's just so cool that we still have her today. Um, and she changed the world. I mean, she met presidents. I think she met like over 10 presidents in her lifetime. I mean, she met, you know, diplomats and kings and queens all over the world. And she changed history. She literally did. Let me change my page. And her father's decision to live in peace with what happened changed the world today. Your decision to live in God's peace will change your life forever. With a circumstance, with a job, with things going on with your family, as long as you decide to stand in peace, no matter what comes up against you, because there is going to be hard things in life. You know, this life is not made to be just a fairy tale, <laughs> except for I wish it could, like the royal wedding. Uh, <laughs> but if you decide to live in peace, if you decide to step into that and really just let God, you know, give you a peaceful life, it'll change your life forever. Trust God's peace to take you in the right direction because it will. Anything that you feel that has God's peace behind it, it'll just thrust you forward and it will change your life forever. So my two tips, chill out, let God do his stuff and live by peace. Don't let it pass you up. Let's hear it for the girls. That was some fine, fine preaching tonight, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think that we have uh, certainly heard from God tonight. No doubt. While Heather was preaching, while she was preaching, just for just a moment, I want you to just stand up where you are. I want to ask you a question. Based on especially her first tip that she brought tonight. What is your enemy right now? What is it in your life that is opposing you? If you can identify it, if you're identifying it right now, I want you to just raise your hand and tell me what, you, what, what it is. I mean, you, you know it. You're identifying it right now. This is an enemy to my life right now. This is an enemy to me, to my peace. It's an enemy to my finances. It's an enemy to my health, enemy to my marriage, whatever it might be, to my job. Okay. Now, here's the cool thing. Psalms chapter 23 says... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I'm having you stand up so I can have you take another action here. In the presence of the enemy you just identified with, 
the one who has been screaming at you, the one who has robbed you of peace, the one who has kept you stressed out, the one who has made you feel anxious and continue to be fearful, the one who's made you feel like there is no help for me in this situation. I want you right now, based upon what she said, to chill out and let God do his thing, is to sit down now. Because you have a tendency, we have a tendency sometimes when we're faced with the enemy to get real intense about it. Start fighting, striving. I'm putting on the full armor of God. My helmet of salvation. My breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to war. Okay, good. How about sitting down in the presence of this enemy and enjoying the position that he has prepared? A table. He prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies who are coming after you, who are coming to bring tribulation and trouble and trial, and, the, and the, your heavenly Father sets before you a feast. Sit down and eat. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who trust in Him. And my family, when you take your rightful seated position at His table, there's nothing your enemies can do about it. Amen. Thank you. Thank all of you. That was so good. It's cool that it was bookended on Philippians chapter 4. That was really cool. Amen. Have you been blessed tonight? All right. Now let's stand to get out of here. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. Lord, just by this action tonight, you saw them sit. Now, Father, I thank you that they feast on the goodness of the Lord. They feast on your provision. They feast on your deliverance. They feast on your healing. They feast on your reconciliation. They feast on your power, on your presence. They feast on your provision. They feast, God, on every good thing that you have. Your word says God is the one our Father of lights is the one from whom come every good gift and every perfect gift. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we thank you that the enemy is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Let's say that together. The enemy is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Let's say it again. The enemy is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. You believe that tonight? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.